his first run and a good one. Williams outside, 15, keeps his feet, and Williams finds the end zone, and he is in for a touchdown. On second down, here's a toss. Here is Lucas. Jalen Lucas, that great speed, keeps his feet inside the 30. Lucas, 10, 5, touchdown, Indiana. It's Henderson cutting back and finding the end zone. Touchdown, Welcome to episode 180 of the OEO podcast, or soon to be known as whatever different name podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. Still riding off the high of the basketball win against Louisville. My co-host, Brandon, is not available tonight. Therefore, you get a guy who's riding off the high of beating a mid-major team from Washington. Producer Seth is here with me this time. You can block him on Twitter. It's at Seta5, S-E-T-A-H-5. What's up, Seth? One of my, uh, one of my super fan characters is, uh, is, is Captain Superfan. And uh, just I'm, I'm going to be the captain on the pleasure cruise tonight. We're, we're going to take this. We're going to have a, a long view. We're going to take a nice, peaceful cruise. We're going to talk about things. We're going to go on a sightseeing tour. I'm going to be the director. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, we're going to try to stick to a little <laughs> bit of the format, and we'll see where it takes us. Maybe we'll go down what's called what what's known as like a lazy river um, huh? and just let it see where, where, where we go. Uh, we're here to talk about game number 11. And really, um, we're not going to talk a whole lot about the game. The game took place Saturday. Michigan State walked away with the victory 24-21. to 21. Uh, The difference is, Seth, they could kick and make a field goal. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 24-21. IU falls to 3-8 and eight on the season um, and loses the brass platoon. Literally had it ripped out of their hands uh two times probably uh during this game um do you want to talk about it or do you just want to continue moving let's talk about two things here well hold on we can give our headlines you want to give our headlines yeah what's your headline who the hell was montori foster we talked about him for just a second i think he was their leading receiver coming into the game let me look (laughs) Uh, he dude, that play though was like so many people were mad, like around me screaming. Yeah, I think he was the leading receiver coming into the game. Yeah, uh, well, I think what your question should have been was, why didn't we talk about Malik Carr at all as if he didn't exist? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's Montori Foster made a hell of a play. If you haven't seen it, don't. Maybe don't watch it. <laughs> Just you made uh, a sick one-handed grab, and then we decided that he was like covered in slime or something, and we couldn't tackle him. And then when we did try to tackle him, we tried to tackle the football, and that doesn't usually work. There's this weird thing that happens sometimes when you're a defensive player when when a spectacular play happens to you, and you just freak out. You're like. You just glitch. It's it's the human glitch factor. It's like you just forget that you have to tackle. I thought you're just like holy sh. And then he just kind of scampers to the. You just you just break down for a second because yeah. you just can't believe it. That should have been. It should have been. Um, where's his name? Uh, 
Caden Hauser's third interception of the game or one of his three interceptions of the game. And instead, because he literally was trying to throw it to two IU players. There were two IU players in, there were three players around the ball and two IU players had a higher than 75% chance of catching the football. And then meanwhile, this Montori Foster, who based on where I sit, which is very close to the field, looks about five foot four. Mm -hmm. Like he's tiny and makes this amazing one-handed catch. Uh, It makes a couple moves and, and gets into the end zone while carrying the football and Philip Dunham. I think it was Dunham or minor. I don't want to hate on Dunham too much if it wasn't him, but carrying one of the two into the end zone with him. Um, that was a heck of a play. So yeah, that's a that's a good headline. And then my um, other headline. Oh, yeah, my ahead, other headline was. So oh, that's game management question mark. Okay, we're gonna talk about that because in the at the game. Yeah, what was the feeling in the stadium? Because on the watching it on the TV. It made no sense. You're talking it about was, the last, the the very last, yeah, yeah, end yeah, of the yeah. game, the last, okay. the, the end of game scenario. There's plenty of other situations. There's the yeah. the defensive timeouts that just continuously pop up and shoot them in the foot. Um, but whatever. Let's I didn't have talk any problem. end of game. I didn't have any problem. Now, granted, I have to go back and recollect it because I didn't watch it again. Um, let me go down here to the bottom. So the missed field goal, it ended. Does it show the timeouts? It does. Okay. So we've got the ball. Timeout, 40 seconds left. We're on the 46-yard line of Michigan State. We're moving it. We're moving it. We're moving it. And we get down. Oh, okay. Okay. So here's here's what happened. So the in the NCAA pseudo. Oh, no, no, no. This is before that. Okay. So incomplete pass to EJ Williams on third and one. I believe it was like kind of, kind of like a, a hitch or a slant play. Then we call a timeout or we, we set up to kick the field goal, right? I was okay with setting up to kick the field goal there, but I thought maybe there was too much time left with two timeouts remaining. I think we should try to, this to, is what to go for four, fourth and one. Fourth and, and it's one. what a 50. We had 12. Do we have 12 seconds left? And how, how far no. was the field goal? We had 18 seconds left from the 27 yard line. So a 42 so if- yard, 44 yard field goal, which is no, usually no problem for Chris Freeman. Um, so you're in range. You're, you're, you're in range. Your clock sure. is under 20 seconds. But you're a yard you're away fourth- from the first down and you're driving, right? And let me read, and because this might take away my headline a little bit, 4.6 yards per carry. That's got to be the highest throughout the entire season. They were running the football at will. 4.6 yards per carry every time quarterback running backs. Yeah. I was going to say, and, and three phases too, because yeah. it was between Sorsby, uh, Henderson and, and, Howland, and Howland, all three effective. Yes. So they were running it. No problem. I had no problem with running the field goal team out and then calling a timeout. Now, if we would have called that timeout and sent the field goal team back out, then I would have had a problem. Because I was sitting there talking with the guys around us. First off, we had some guys around us that were great. Were but fantastic. doesn't that show a lack of faith? It's like, hey, we're going to throw them out there. Uh, time out. Wow. Mm, I, wow. I do think I we're, we're going to run instead. I do agree with that. I don't believe I it. Do, I do agree with that for a little bit. But I think that it. he's never been a great time management co- coach. We know this. Um, But 
I do think I do think his big mistake was to just leave the offense out there, try to get them to jump. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that, then call the timeout, then call the timeout, mm-hmm. send the offense back out again. Right. Get the first down, call another timeout or just get up and run a play, which is what they did. Spike it for, for spike it for crying out loud at that point. It doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. OK, that part to me, honestly, that part is irrelevant. Oh, it's I irrelevant. Disagree. No, listen, because this is why, because they get the first down. It doesn't matter. No, percent. Right. Kicker, kicker. 50% leg, that, 50% brain. I don't think that messes. He's already missed one in, earlier in the game from close. Exactly. You don't believe in him. Exactly. He don't believe in him. So you go for it. You go for it. Right. You're like, okay, let's let's just go to the end zone. You We're supposed to run off the field in front of 60,000 people. No, no, we don't believe 40, in you. 40,000 people. My bad. You. You. Okay. It doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Let's take the mind games out of it. Just playing football. Okay, you get the first down. That's a smart play call. You got the first down. Yep. No, the play call is great. Yep. Mm -hmm. You got one or two. You got one or two shots at the end zone. And then you're definitely you're well within field goal range. Yep. Just kick the field goal. Right. I'm sure when he came off, you're telling him, Chris, look, we're going to get you a little bit closer. Make it easy. Chip shot field goal. Let's go to overtime. We'll win the game. Mm -mm. Right. No. At that point, you're saying, Chris, we're not we're not we're going for the end zone. You're out of this game. You're irrelevant. That's what you're you're telling him. That's not what you're telling him. Either that's way, what that's what your actions have told this us. This is where the game ended. Because the NF, the NCAA has basically come out and given an apology saying, in review, there isn't really a rule in college football for intentional grounding when it's when the, a couple things. One, the quarterback was terrible call. Zero pressure. He had did not have to throw that ball away. Nope. He was literally go. You could see the play. I was watching because I was watching. If he drops the ball, if he drops the ball by his foot, incomplete pass. No, they just say, oh, uh, the sack, uh, you know, caused the trajectory of that ball to go away. But he wasn't he wasn't under pressure. EJ Williams ran a hitch when he was supposed to run a fade. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. There wasn't any like hurry up and get rid of the ball. It was a step throw. And it didn't work. They literally were screaming at each other from the quarterback position, from where he was at going like, what are you doing? This is the wrong play. What are you doing? What are you doing? And then it took them forever. We were walking off the field. Everybody's like, okay, let's get ready for this kick. And then boom, grounding. Terrible call. That pushes them back. That pushes them back six yards. I don't know how much he missed the field goal by. Was it, was it wide? I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. It was just wide by like a Mm -hmm. little bit or a lot of it. I'd say a couple yards. Jesus Christ. He was bad. He was bad. Okay. Well, how, how do you send him back out there? I don't you know. It doesn't tell matter. him He's bad. How did he, did he, did he screw up? Did he screw up the first field goal? And that play was supposed to be a play to the end zone. So they're even saying with their play call, we're taking you out of the equation. We are throwing it. We are That's throwing this ball 24 yards to the end zone, 27 yards to the end zone. That's not what they're doing. That's what, what they're, they're saying doing. is we're going for the win. You're we're going to go wrong. win the game. No, not in the head. then that's soft. That's a soft mentality and put the freshman in, put Rakicic in or whatever his name is, put him in, get Freeman out of the game. If that really ruined his head because they went for the win. No, I'm telling you that it's the inconsistency of thought. It's a coach who doesn't know what he's doing. He is not thinking ahead of time. He is literally pulling decisions at the last second because he doesn't have a plan. He is in scramble mode. And then as a result, the players are in scramble mode. They are reacting to a coach who's in reaction mode. 
Okay. How are you ever I going to dis- succeed in that? In that. So I, that's how I see it. I'm not putting yeah. any faults on the kicker. This is squarely a mungling of a of a of a head coach who doesn't have a plan. Okay. And I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with that. What I was saying was I don't have a huge problem with trying to go to the end zone. I don't have a problem with that. And do I think that the intentional grounding kept him from making the field goal? No, it was a terrible, it was a terrible call. And I think if you want to talk about a head game, a head game and something that I do believe in is momentum. Cause you had a ton of momentum at that point. You convert that first down for fourth down, you go to the end zone and you just missed it. It doesn't matter. Everybody knows at that point, boom, we're going to go kick a field goal. We're going to overtime. No problem. Everybody in the stadium was hyped. We're ready for that field goal. Everybody's standing up, ready to go. And as soon as he kicked it, about everybody around me just goes, he missed it and picked up my kid and we got out of town. So I agree with most of it. I thought it was a good move but I agree with your indecisiveness and, and all of that stuff. Um, we'll do my quick headline and it is going to be kind of a jumbled mess, but it's basically we have the pieces. We don't have the person to put the puzzle together. This is not going to happen. Not with these, not with the puzzle maker. Does that make sense? Brendan Sorsby is really good. I think he's got a chance to be really good. Like, not not like Michael Penix really good, but like Peyton Ramsey really good. Yeah. Four career starts? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And he's, I mean, he's just a gamesman. Like that run Moxie. that he had, that run that he had right there on that last drive. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I still had the play-by-play. I do have it up right here. Which one was it? It's on the missed field goal drive. He ran it. Was it the 16 yard run? He yeah, runs with an he attitude just, too. Yeah, well, he, he chirps. I love and it. He, and he had a little juke and a little spin move to get away from a guy in, the, in midfield and pick up more yards after that. The guy's just, he's got something to him. And then the he's got running back factor. That's absolutely take, right. I don't want to take a lot of stuff away because we're going to do stocks up. Um, and I'm sure some of these guys will come into it. So let's just keep moving. I think we've got the pieces on the offense to do something special if they again we'll talk speculation i think a little bit later on in the podcast if it all stays together on with the players um we'll move into our stocks we'll go stock up uh i'll let you start stock up offense there's i mean there's a a few really easy ones yeah it's it's the run game in general it's the offensive line it's the power run game this team can should have been a power run game from the from this from the get go they have an effective power run game they have a play action pass game off of the run uh they were talking throughout the game that brendan Sorsby in the last three games has the most play action yards per game i think top three in the ncaa he is a an effective play action passer um so between the power run game between the big back of howland and the versatile back of Hen- uh, henderson and then the play action they ran they ran an inside wheel play Holy shit. Did you see that? They ran it inside. They they ran down the line of scrimmage and then holy shit. He ran vertical. It was insane. Beautiful, beautiful play. Um, They have plays. They have a strategy. They have an answer. They have an, they have an offensive line that has a swagger now to them because they know that they can put an anchor on their ass and go drive somebody off the ball. They have 
an identity. The thing that we've been asking for for 10 weeks, we've been saying, oh my God, Walt Bell has no personality. He has no identity. Oh my God, I hope Rod Carey at least identifies something about this team to, to hold their, you know, to hang their hat on. Here we have it. It's a Wisconsin power run game. It's a, it's a 2013 Wisconsin team. That's what you have. <laughs> and hey, we talked about this, right? Josh has got one more if he wants it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If he so wants got, it. If he wants it, he's got they, one they more. They treated him like shit. I mean, I yeah. can't imagine that, that he'd want to come back after, you know, well, again, <laughs> trying to give the spot away time after time. People but, may not be there. Um, right. Trent Howland. I mean, if he sticks around, holy cow, dude. But he's a sophomore? He's a soft, true sophomore. Uh, mm-hmm. No, redshirt sophomore, I think. Mm-hmm. 19 carries, 77 yards, 4.1 a clip. Josh, Josh Henderson, 13 carries, 74 yards, 5.7 a clip, right? Uh, Brennan Soresby, again, a couple of these sacks will be mixed in here, but 14 carries, 59 yards, 4.2 a clip. That wins you most games. Here's my stock up. I'm not going to go Donovan McCauley. I thought that... I thought Michigan State did a pretty good job maybe, until late. Of, of scheming him until late, until when it really mattered, and he showed up and ended up being our leading receiver yardage-wise. I thought DQ Carter had a really good game. EJ Williams, we talked about him the last couple of weeks. He's had a really good game. I'm going to talk about a good game from Jalen Lucas. Jalen Lucas had zero attempts rushing the ball. He had zero catches. He was a shoestring away from busting a kickoff return. Mm-hmm. They used Jalen Lucas in the most perfect way in this game as a pure decoy the entire time. Michigan State was all over him every time he was on the field, and it made it so easy to run the football, so easy to make plays with DQ Carter, EJ Williams, you know, the, everybody else I've named before. I It's a sneaky stock up. No, it was by far his best game of the season. By by far using him in the right way. Now, granted, I'd like to see him in space. If they can get him in space in the offense, just a swing pass outside. If he's if you can get him in space, get him a swing pass outside where he's one on one with a defender, but not the triple option when you got the whole defense moving with the ball or you're setting him up on an inside screen. You know what? That's not a bad idea. A little inside slot screen with him wouldn't be terrible. Now that I think about it, Rod Carey, if you're listening, we got one game left. Why not? Right. And I was, I wasn't a, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What's that? Go ahead. No, I wasn't meaning his best game. I meant his most impactful game. Impactful like, game. Yeah. He was there. He was on the field a lot. He was, yeah. on, he was on the field a lot. He was attracting 22 eyes on him every single play that he was on the game. And they oh. couldn't, they wouldn't kick to him. They kicked to him one time and he almost killed him. Yep. And it was, I mean, it was the smallest of tackles I've ever seen on him. It was like the, the sprung Cobra, you know, he's, he's ready there. He's pouncing. And then he had his one chance to make a strike and he went for it. And like you said, shoestring away from, I mean, it would have been, it would have been pure too. It was, he he was gone. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my stock up. Let's do stock up on defense. I don't, nobody really jumps out mm-hmm. to me big time, but uh, go ahead. I believe he got his name mentioned quite a few times. He was pretty good in the, in the, in the, in the interior game. Um, so I thought he was probably the one that I would have circled, um, but there really wasn't, you know, Aaron Casey 
do not run on third and short or fourth and short. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These Big Ten offensive coordinators are just yeah. are just don't learn lessons. Um, but yeah, I'll go with Bleedy because he uh, he definitely had a big game. He showed up a couple times uh, in the interior run game, um, and then it felt like a, there was one or two times where he was chasing the quarterback around um, and and really got Hauser, uh, you know, kind of happy feet. Yeah. Um, you know, we give a our obligatory Aaron Casey stat line: eleven tackles, no sacks, one and a half tackles for loss. Whew. Um, and then Boidi, he had three tackles, uh, just one solo, but a half tackle for loss. He was again, he's not a he's not a stat stuffer. He's a, a he's a line stuffer. He's going to eat up these offensive lines so that Aaron Casey can make those plays. I you know I thought I thought Andre Carter had a pretty good game. Um, a few tackles for loss where he was getting a lot of penetration yep. in the backfield. Um, we we had zero sacks, which was weird. But we it whenever that dude was under any sort of pressure, he was complete garbage. I mean, well, he was a lot of garbage. But I mean, the, the Sanguinetti, the Sanguinetti interception was just one of the worst throws I have oh, yeah. ever he seen did. in a collegiate football game. Yeah, he he got the this faint pressure up the middle. It wasn't real, but he believed it. He did this step back fade away. Oh, yeah. And he had an open guy. If he puts that right at the pylon. That's one of those embarrassing wide open 15 yard nobody's within him touchdowns. And you're and you're sending me a text message like, oh my God, how did that look as bad as it did on TV? <laughs> um, but instead, it, it I mean that thing was Velcro to right right between Sanguinetti's numbers and he couldn't have dropped that if he wanted to. Is that how you read my text during games? <laughs> Depends on how many <laughs> how many beers you've had and and how like kind of pathetic it is. I mean, oh there's gosh. some times where they're pretty sad. Usually your ice cats ones are a little bit more like Meh, hey, like have a little bit more of a cat feel to them. Yeah. Your IU ones have a little bit more like I don't know, angry old woman. We just scored again. This is easy. Um I'll go stock up on a, on um Man, you know what? I called a bounce back game for Jacob Magnum Ferrar, and I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, seven tackles overall, one tackle for loss. I thought he was flying around and made some good plays. They had a huge running back. Uh, what was his name? He was Magnum Ferrar. Magnum Ferrar. Or Mang- I keep want to say Magnum Ferrar. Mang- they're they're Mang- the brothers, the Mang- Mangum brothers. Mangum, Jaron Mangum. Mm-hmm. But I swear I heard them say Jaron Mangum. They did. Yes. Oh, Jayden. they had Jayden. two different guys who had like the exact same name as IU players Jayden and it was infuriating. And, and I think mm-hmm. they're both number one. Yes, they are. They are. They are. They've got to be brothers. They have yes. to be brothers. They are. Right? They are. They talked about them on the broadcast. And they're both number one. It's so confusing. Mm-hmm. If I told you one of them was 6'2", 235, and the other one was, um, let me see, 6'2", 185, which one's playing offense? Uh, 185 right no that's the 235 yeah, the 235 like, is gigantic. the one that's yeah. playing deep or playing and he was a monster 235 is light yeah in yeah. your bra oh, but God. he only averaged 1.8 yards per carry i thought the defense did a really good job uh against the run against what is a subpar running mm-hmm. team as it is but um yeah man just we'll talk about it. i'm sure whoever was guarding malik Carr, but my goodness he tore us up um yeah, let's get the stock down. Stock down on offense. What do you got? 
Yeah, the answer is nobody. Even the tight end score touchdown. So I, the, their answer is nobody. You have a complete offense now where you are fully in phase, where you have receivers, slot, inside, outside. You have tight ends who can be available in the passing game. Uh, you have an offensive line who's geared towards power run. You have offensive, uh, you have running backs. You have quarterbacks who are facilitating the ball. There isn't a There isn't a weakness offensively right now. It is literally a limitation of game management. It is literally a couple breaks here or there. This is an offense that if you had told me in week two or three, this is a week team that six. beats Ak- that that beats Akron by by three touchdowns easily. Oh yeah, easy. I think that's a more way more enjoyable game for me to go to than it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we'll talk more about that later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that it'll be really interesting to see how they play against what is statistically a, a very so very both teams defense. are three and eight both teams are three and eight yeah we're going to talk about what three and eight means to each of these teams yeah um somebody we forgot to talk about real quick before i get to my stock i don't have a st- oh i do have a stock down on offense but it's not a player um james evans was uh, very good again mm-hmm. an average yes. of 48 yards 40 i'm sorry 46.8 yards per punt a 238 four yards on the punts. I mean, a couple of them were a little like shaky, but they were, they were end over end and they had good bounce towards the um, Michigan state side as long of 58 was just an absolute monster. punt. I think that was the one out of his own end zone where he just said, whatever, dude, I'm just letting loose, let loose mate. And then just booted it. Right. So yeah, I'm going to give him a stock stock up too. Uh, But stock down offense is Rod Carey. I thought Rod Carey called a, uh, oh i disagree really oh there i thought it was i thought it was the best game of the of, of the year by far no his best game he called was against illinois Mm-mm. really this was you, great you didn't watch that game you didn't watch the illinois oh game. no yeah fair fair sorry here's how we started seth punt 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 mm-hmm. punt 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 if it wasn't for the interception there's a good chance you're down two scores before we even we even get started right? soresby was high early that that's what he got excited. That's the same thing that that Jackson used to do. He he get excited. He throw high early, um, but once he calmed down, the, yeah, the call the play calling was was right where it needed to be. Uh, hey, you want to know something real quick? We didn't talk about this because I was going to talk about this drive on the fourth and six in the uh, beginning of the fourth quarter. Fourth and six on the thirty three. What are you doing there? You kicking a field goal? Scores scores fourteen fourteen. We went for it on fourth and six. You, well, you don't think that messed with his head a little bit too? You bet. Yeah. You don't give uh, me a chance to kick a 50 yarder. Yeah. You don't believe in me. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think I just, I'm just saying this based off the fact that I didn't think that we struggled with their defense at all. Nope. And I don't think we made the proper amount of calls when they needed to be made. So but here's I, if the I have thing. to pick one, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take 14, 14. The game pressure of having the lead, or sorry, of, of Michigan State being in the trail mode, game pressure is real. That puckers that butt just a little bit more. It makes yeah. every every first down matter that much more. I mean, yeah. it's the it's the real pressure you want to put on them. So but they were they were in in trail mode and they marched down the field. In later, two they were yeah. forty seven mm-hmm. seconds. Yeah, right. So, um. 
So, yeah, I just don't I don't think that he did. He wasn't nearly as consistent or as aggressive as he was against Illinois. And I think that ended up costing us the game. So I will say that it was less aggressive. That That is for sure. Um. OK, let's go stock down on defense. This one shouldn't be so hard. I don't think I don't think it could get any worse. Um, I think the secondary was absolutely decimated last week. I think 500 plus yards to a Mac quarterback is embarrassing. And this week wasn't any better. Yeah. So I continue to say the secondary, how you're able to, uh, what, what, what Foster and Carr were able to do. In, Foster in key, just in, under a hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah. In, in key moments, especially um, was, was very upsetting. Um, and so just, you know, and I think that was the biggest fear going into the season was there was a lot of inexperience coming back in the secondary. Um, you had, there's a bunch of guys you're hoping someone were going to show up. A lot of them did. Uh, you, you saw a lot of growth from that position group. Um, but as the season wore on last week and then again this week, when it came down to, to mattering the most and against quarterbacks that are not necessarily, you know, uh, you know that the the paddocks and the housers of the world. Um, what did Paddock do this week? Do you know? I'll look it up real quick. Keep going. I don't. I don't think it was a low scoring game. What was it like? Fifteen, twelve, or something. I don't watch football so, if we lose. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it couldn't have been much. I watched the game and I don't remember any of it. Um, but yeah, it's just you know continuing to not thrive against less than. You know, elite talent uh, is a frustrating position to be in. So I, I, I chalk up the secondary uh, yeah. for stock down. 13 15, Iowa won. Iowa got a safety. Oh, okay. in the first quarter. Yeah. Paddock threw for 215 oh, and yards. Did you see the love fest they gave to Brian Ferentz? Oh, my God. It was like. For what? His retirement party. <laughs> He's just beloved. You know, they love scoring 15 points a game. Right. Huh. Well, the Michigan game was close, huh? I don't know. I'm just looking at the scores. All right. Do your stock down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Whoever was on Malik Carr, there's your stock down. Whoever yeah. was in charge of uh, guarding the, the running back out of the backfield, I swear to God, if I saw another swing pass, uh, I was going to tear my freaking hair out. The one that was the worst really late was Josh Rudolph. There was that swing pass that he took into the left flat. 100%. He broke that tackle and went for about 15 yards after that. That was on that and, drive, I think, on the... Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember who the commentator was, but he was like, he's getting a lot more playing time lately, and ooh, that, that didn't put him in a good spot there. You like, know what play we didn't talk about? Jamari Sharp's interception and fumble. Oh... That was huge. That was big. I don't know if they they definitely ended up scoring points off of that, right? Uh huh. I, mean, I can't remember. But that's they had massive, to have. but that's just the worst. I mean, that is just. Let me see where it's at. The deflation. I also remember. I think it was on like. I think it was on a third down too, because you, you know, not only that, that you give them a brand new set of downs too. So even if you just drop the interception, hey, it's fourth down. They punt. No, no, so they didn't. They didn't score off of it. They ended up punting. Oh, they got one yard, but and it's ended just, up punting. But IU would have had the it's ball. It's so deflating. Yeah, they would have had the ball at midfield. Malik Carr forced the fumble. 
Bro, I was telling people around us three or four times. I was like, this guy was a quarterback at Purdue when he transferred. They were like, no, he wasn't. I was like, look it up. <laughs> Little story. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, yep. Let's get right into our promo, and then we're going to do some revisit of predictions. And then, uh, I don't know, we'll do some other stuff because we don't have Brandos Randos. So we'll revisit predictions that I don't have in front of me. So bear with me as my internet internets. We'll go here, and then we'll go to this. And we'll talk about the predictions that we made that were all very wrong, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Seth had IU winning 34 to 17. Brandon, <laughs> it wasn't that far off. You might win. Brandon had IU winning 31 to 21. And I had IU winning 38 to 17. Um, <laughs> that is why I was disappointed in Rod Carey because I thought we would bring back the offense from Illinois. Uh, Brandon wins that one. Congratulations, Brandon. I know he's doing one of, what do you do this? What is this called? I always think of heavyweights. Oh uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It looks like you're doing the invisible shake weight, shake, yeah. shake weight, shake exercise. weight, yes. something like that. Um, so yeah, there you go. Congratulations, Brandon. Uh, no Brandos, Randos this week, just Seth sack. I feel like it's going to be a deep one based on what you were talking about pregame. So, okay. Let loose. All right. So IU and Purdue are both three and eight going into the Oaken bucket. I'm not going to be here in the next couple of days to talk about this. And I'm not going to talk about the recap because it'll suck no matter what. Uh, but here's the difference. I'm three and eight. And I feel great. Ryan Walters first year. We got a quarterback. We need a bunch of offensive linemen. We need some defensive help. But, but we got some freshmen. We got a quarterback. I got a guy I believe in. And I can be sold on next year that we just had a ton of injuries and we had a guy who's first year being a head coach. I can sell myself on optimism. What are you selling yourself on next year? Three and eight. We don't know. Yeah. I'd like to sell myself on having a quarterback, a very young quarterback, having really good running backs, a really good wide receiver core. Um, I mean, what seems to be a fairly young and up and coming uh, I know that some of these guys are seniors, but um, offensive line that seemed to starting to gel and it looks really good and a good offensive line coach. But again, I don't know what's going to happen. I think the writing is on the wall, um, win or lose. So I think it would be a, a and I think that he's going to, he's going to use that motivation for this to just go out on a, on a, what would be known as a, I guess a high technically, um, by walking away with the bucket to end his career. But um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I know the pieces are there. I just don't know if they'll be there post uh, what I'm assuming is a coach change. So I don't know. I, I do think that we are walking in with a, uh, what is an offense that should be clicking um, on almost all cylinders against, as I've said before, multiple times, and I don't mean to continue to hate on Purdue, but you, every time I go do, you know previews for rankings and everything else it, they're on page three on a lot of these defensive rankings on total defense mm-hmm. and points per game and passing yards given up and rushing yards given up and so uh, this could oh, be and, and by an the way our game quarterback missed last game and our absolute stud defensive end has been out so um 
Yeah, our two stud Texas guys. So, yeah, you guys have a great chance to win again next week. And here's what I think. So if I'm Scott Dolson, I go to Tom Allen last Sunday after the game, and I say, Tom, I can't do this anymore. This this is absolutely unworkable. Um, but you're a hell of a guy. You're you're. I absolutely love you as, as a human being, as a as a as a molder of men, whatever. I'm going to give you one more week. Go out there and win this one for the Gipper. You know, let this be your ride off in the sunset. Go win an oaken bucket, and walk out of here feeling good about yourself. Because I can't do four and eight again next year. I can't do three and nine again next year. I, I you know, we'll figure out how to how to come with thirty million dollars, but I can't do it. So let's go out and win one. And we'll go ahead and we can call it a retirement. We can call it whatever we want to make it. Oh, you know, make this, yeah, it'll go out to make right this way. nice. Yeah, you know, and and we'll make sure the buyout still works. You know, your lawyer, will, you know, your your contract attorney will be, you know, uh, ma- making the circles for for every hire from here on out. Um, but but this is it. This has got to be it because here's why: the difference between three and nine for for a Purdue fan. I'm selling optimism. You go three and nine, and I have to put up with you for another nine months of this. Oh my god, it's going to be sad. Well, the worst because, the worst part's going to be is if well, go continue. No, because here's here's what you've been here is what the IU football experience is, according to ESPN. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read through your your article headlines for IU football. I'm gonna skip a couple because, quite frankly, they just don't matter. But the preseason IU football headline was Thamel's hot seat watch coaches under pressure and the impact of realignment. Whose face is on the cover of the article? Tom Allen. Week one, number three Buckeyes overcome sluggish start to extend a winning streak over Hoosiers 23-3. Taven Jackson leads Indiana 41-7 route of Indiana State in first career start. Okay, not so bad. Not so bad. Louisville uses false uses fast start late goal line stand to hold off Indiana 21-14. All right, you know, we're not so bad. Here we go. Indiana outlasts Akron 29-27 in four overtimes. See, I, I can see your face. You want to do this again? Tag Tagovaila's big game helps Maryland improve to 5-0 with 44-17 route of Indiana. Yep. What, Coach, what, what are you what are you doing here? Hold on. Coaching I want buzz. him fired. I don't understand. Latest what on you're open doing. jobs, hot seats, cooling seats, and bargain candidates. Pat Fitzgerald is the picture, but featured heavily Tom Allen as a looming potential job opening. Why haven't we talked about Pat Fitzgerald coming? Oh, he was probably not allowed in the Big Ten anymore. Yeah. And David Braun is fantastic at Northwestern. Oh my God. Um, that guy should probably win Big Ten Coach of the Year. Um Michigan, number two, Michigan, starts slow, finishes strong, and 52-7 win over Indiana, stay unbeaten. Uh, Wimsat runs for three TDs. Rutgers bowl eligible after 31-14 win over Indiana. Number 10, Penn State, gets long TD pass late for, from Allard to, or Allard to Lambert Smith and escapes 33-24 versus Indiana. 
Hoosiers snap six-game conference losing streak by beating Badgers 2014. So even, even your win, they just have to mention the six-game losing streak. Paddock, second on the depth chart, 24 years old, throws for 507 yards, and his fourth TD pass gives Illinois a 48-45 overtime win over Indiana. Caton Hauser, Malik Carr, hook up late to rally Spartans past Hoosiers 24-21. This is Indiana football. It is Caton Hauser and Malik Carr whooping your ass. It's Josh Paddock throwing for 507 yards. It's six game in game or six game conference losing streaks in season. It's Wimsat, three running touchdowns. You want another year of this? No, nobody, nobody wanted another year. <laughs> I'm not defending so, Tom Allen. No, so Scott Dolson. You have to do it. It's a tough conversation, but this is serious time for serious conversations among serious people. $30 million is a serious number, but for the love of God, if you have an ounce of compassion, restraint, give a shit, whatever it is, you got to make the move. Make this be, send him out on a wonderful cruise, the pleasure cruise, <laughs> the Oaken bucket game winner, there give him go. a Freeman walk-off where he could, he'll call all three timeouts. He'll ice him three different times right before he kicks a 45 yarder. And I'll say, he'll even tell Chris right before he goes out there, Chris, you, you can't make this kick. And then Chris will be like, Oh, here we go. And I'll kick it. And I'll make it. <laughs> and then CTA will cry and have no voice in the post game. Was like, ah, these men are incredible. And I love every single one of them. And Oh my God, everything's great. And then Sunday we hear that he's retiring and, and we're just so proud of the legacy that he's come from and, and what he's created here. And he's really created a foundation for Kane Womack or whoever else to come in here and, um, you know, lead the Hoosiers in 2024. Anything short of that is a disservice to the university to the football team and the football fans and shame on him if it doesn't happen and i it has to happen right like it has to happen and this isn't this isn't like a cta is a bad guy he's a wonderful no. guy great guy it's but just, this is what year seven done. yeah I believe so in 2016 is when he took over so and i what mean optimism do you have for full year, year full year i guess is like year six but it's it's not a lot there's no optimism i mean there's nothing nothing i mean especially when you sit here and you look at former players you look at michael Penix and what he's doing with a former offensive coordinator as a head coach and a current offensive i mean they're just incredible i was just uh while you were reading headlines and stuff i was trying to do a little searching and uh trying to see if there's anybody talking about potential candidates and i thought it was pretty funny that somebody made a list that literally must listen to the podcast because it's number one, Antoine Randall, number two, Justin Fry, number three and four. I'll tell you in a second. Number five, Kane Womack, right? Number three, Ed Orgeron. Ugh. And number four, Glenn Schumann, defensive coordinator, Georgia Bulldogs. 
So I don't hate the two in the middle, but I feel I felt like we were pretty off the wall with the three, <laughs> Randall, Fry, and and Womack not so much maybe, but. Well, I think we've been clear that the answer has to come from an offensive-minded coach. I, I don't think there's any other. You, you have to bring excitement. I think Justin Fry makes the most sense. I really do. I know that doesn't bring a ton of excitement, but he's a successful offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, Antoine Randall would bring a ton of excitement. Granted, a ton of question marks, right? You know, why are you bringing him in? He can't run an offense. He's never yeah, run an he, offense before. You'd have blah, to blah, pair. Blah, blah. You'd have to pair him with a with an established OC and an established DC. And what I about just, both of them? Okay, you could probably pay him both enough to do it. And if Randall's incredible and wants to continue in college and move up, and he moves up and Fry moves in, or Fry moves out, Randall stays and gets somebody else. Well, then it's like it comes to budget. Is Dolson going to budget for two DC or for two coordinators? Who... I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I liked it when we basically didn't have a defense and had had an right. I mean, that's offense, right? That's the easy way to sell tickets in the Big Ten is at least be interesting. And how do you be interesting? Score points. In an off in a, in a league where, <laughs> where where nobody scores, how do you be interesting? Score. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, that's enough for today, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's wrap up. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Podcast LEO. Make sure you follow our partner, Big Banter Sports for all the latest updates involving our podcast as well as the other 13 teams in the conference they put out a lot of other stuff too like some like really big game boomery power rankings and stuff like that so check that out uh be sure to follow download rate review on all of our platforms and we will talk to you guys in uh just a few days when we preview the bucket game till then um I don't know anyway. Do we can we say Mif I guess Mifa. Mifa. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything because it's the week I refuse to say anything. So <laughs> <laughs>